This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on now a calm Monday night. Southern part of the state got absolutely rocked this evening. We were a little concerned the show might not go off on time, but nonetheless, here we are, ready to go. Let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Um, How about NASCAR? Man, speaking of getting rocked, they had a tough weekend this weekend. The NASCAR Xfinity Series, that went to the early morning hours. The NASCAR Cup Series, it took two days to get that race in. Austin Dillon grabs the Coke 0400 at Daytona and a spot in the playoffs after the big one takes out the leaders with a little help from Mother Nature. NASCAR with a little bit of black eye on them for that, but nonetheless, the playoffs are now set. They get ready to kick that off at Darlington next weekend. Jeremy Clements, by the way, was the benefactory of a big one in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. He ends up getting the win there. And in the Arkham Menards Series on Sunday, Sammy Smith dominated at the Milwaukee Mile, picking up his third career Arkham Menards Series win. Now, I'm going to say this in the Motor City Minute, but Rich, I'm going to bring you in. Good evening. Welcome in. Hi. How are you doing, Zach? I haven't seen much racing this weekend, so you're going to have to get me up to date. Oh, I'm going to get you up to date in a big way, Rich. We are kicking tonight's show off with breaking news. Now, this breaking news come fr- comes from Sarah Qual. Remember who Sarah Qual is? Yes. Now, Sarah, for those of you who don't know, she's associated with the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals Racing for Miracles fundraising uh, event for Modifieds at Bertrand Speedway. Correct. Rich, I just got this bulletin as we started our show tonight. The Downright Awesome Modifieds event will be 100 laps and will be held on June 3rd, 2023, with a practice date of June 2nd. Rich, the money that it pays to start the 100-lap event for the Downright Awesome Modifieds race, $1,500 to start. Oh, my Lord. You're not done with this story. The driver who parks it in Victory Lane at Birch Run Speedway at the end of 100 laps, will take home a cool $21,000. Oh, my. (laughs) Making it the biggest modified race in the state of Michigan and probably further than that. Wow. For 2023. Oh, that's that's going to be incredible. $21,000 to win, $1,500 to start, 100 laps, Birch Run Speedway, Modifieds. 
Oh, and, you you know I'm going to be there. <laughs> oh yeah. What, I, I mean, that's an awesome job by Sarah to do that. And and you know that's a great great deal for Jason Lord and his team up there at Birch Run Speedway. Um, man, I don't know. I I I'm going to really have to look at the schedule because we may have to make it up there as a team for that one. Look because, at uh, I love how speechless wow. you are, folks. I dropped that news. Rich had no idea that was coming. He had no idea. No. I got that text message as we were getting ready to start the show tonight. $21,000 to win, $1,500 to start for Modifieds next year. Again, mark your calendars, June 3rd, June 3rd, 2023, Birch Run Speedway. And uh, also, by the way, want to mention uh, Wheeler Trucking coming on board to help Sarah and everyone with Racing for Miracles and the Hurley Children's Hospital to put on this great event, downright awesome Modifieds, 21 k to win, 1500 to start. So there you can go. You say, can you say 50 to 70 cars? Oh, hands down. Easily, easily, hands down. Wow, they better they better not they better not start that thing at eight o'clock on a Friday night. They won't end till Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, they're going to have to do some qualifying yeah. races at about two or three in the afternoon, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. That's amazing. Um, wow, and we have to wait nine months. We got to wait that all months, that time for it to come back more? around. Wow. I know, I know. <laughs> That's the worst thing about breaking news for the next season. You I have know. To wait so darn long to have Man. it happen. Uh, and by the way, for those who maybe are new to this, 50, 50 proceeds will go to uh, the Hurley Hospital. So, uh, really, uh, a great. Yeah, and that's what this is all about. That's right? what it's that's, all about. That's what it's all about. But uh, so, they are, I have a feeling they are going to raise a bunch of money um, for Hurley Hospitals, and you're going to have some happy race car drivers there as well. So, oh man, what absolutely. A, what a, what a, what a combination. All right, Rich, uh, now that the biggest news of the day is over, should we just go right into the interviews? Should we scrap everything else? No, come on. Let's get into it. Some great racing happened over the weekend, Rich, including um, with with a couple of friends of the program that we've had on the show before. Yeah, I I caught night number one, um, but but Zach, after waiting 45 races to claim his first World of Outlaws case construction equipment late model series win, Tanner English, said he thought the path to his second victory would be easier. Well, the Benton, Kentucky driver didn't wait, have to wait long to prove himself right. Less than 24 hours after scoring his first series victory during the second night of the Quad Cities 150 at Davenport, he returned for for the event's epic 70-lap $30,000 to win finale, passing Ryan Gustin for the lead and holding off Bobby Pierce for back-to-back wins. Shannon, ba- Shannon Babb from trunk last, whatever you want to call it, completed the podium for third zach next up for the world of outlaws case construction late models this friday at smoky mountain speedway in tennessee and then saturday at livonia speedway in georgia and i'll tell you uh i think early last week chad finley made a decision to go down there made the show all three nights uh the the second night and third night were his best uh but he but he made the shows and boy he he looked pretty good out there he looked pretty good uh, th- that 42 machine looked good out there. It was fast, but man, you just look at the competition that he was up against. Um, that's not a bad deal. No. And, and I was going to say, uh, I, what, a, what a performance. I mean, what a performance, uh, you know, for them, they struggled down South, uh, to start the year. And I know that was really a bummer for them. And, um, you know, just watching Facebook with Jeff and Chad and their racing page, I think that I think they really needed to go out there and have a good showing. That was good for them. That's a tough group to go up and put yourself up against to see where you're at. You know, um, it, it really is a challenge. You're not you're not leaving anything on the table when you do that. It's all in. 
yeah. whether you want to go to a World of Outlaws event or a Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series event, it you are going all in against the best wherever it is. So, and and that team is not afraid of anybody or anything at any track, and that's why they go do this. But uh, Chad had a really good three days. Probably, you know, they were happy to get in on opening night to get that out of the way. Uh, you know, didn't have the finish they wanted uh, on opening night. It was just uh, it was just tough hammer down racetrack. But uh, last two nights, nice runs, nice finishes, solidly in. So um, congrats to those guys. Nice job. Well, I gave you some grief last week about talking about Flat Rock Speedway having their championship night coming up that weekend. Uh, they weren't the only ones. Kalamazoo Speedway, our friends on the west side of the state, they crowned some champions on Friday night. They had Outlaw Super Late Models in action along with Template Late Models, Zoo Stocks, and Street Stocks. And we focus on the Outlaw Super Late Models in this part of the show. 13 cars on the property. Todd Harrington came into the night as the points leader, but he had to do some work. It was not a shoe-in. He had to put up some numbers against Rick Seneker, who came in on his heels. And Todd wasn't messing around. He started the night off with fast time, a 12.414, better than Mark Shook's 12.451, the two quick qualifiers on the night. By the way, Todd went out early he was the fourth car on track mark was the 10th car on track so todd had to sweat it out for a little while there during qualifying then they go feature racing action for the outlaw super late models and uh wouldn't you know it mark shook from 12th after the big invert drives all the way through the field to pick up the win he beat out steve needles who was on his heels through the field coming from 11th and todd harrington from 13th wraps up the championship run finishing in third well at the end of the night rich it all culminates to having a track champion and again i can't believe that we're crowning champions already uh here in august but nonetheless it's our pleasure to welcome one of those track champions on to horsepower happenings tonight for the first time ever uh it's our pleasure to welcome on the kalamazoo speedway track champion todd harrington welcome into horsepower happenings Hey, thanks. Good to be here, man. Uh, let's let's talk about first of all. We had some fun trying to get you on the show tonight, man. You guys got slammed with storms over there on the west side of the state, and uh, we did here too in southern central uh, Michigan. Everything okay over there in Kazu? Yeah, yeah. Our uh, the town I live in, which is Otsego, um, the main town park got hit pretty hard. There was a lot of trees down power lines. Um, so that was kind of a little hectic getting home from work today. Yeah, well, hopefully everything's okay on your end, man. Uh, all right, 2022, uh, let's take me through your season a little bit. It all culminates to be a Kalamazoo Speedway track champion, obviously in the Outlaw Super Late Model side of things. Um, talk, talk to me about your 2022 season. Was this something that you guys set out and were looking for at the beginning of the year, or did this kind of fall on your lap? Was it a, a moment where you guys said, okay, we could probably do this thing? Talk to me about your season a little bit. Yeah, well, this year we switched to, we were starting on slicks, uh, Hoosier 35s, 45s, so that was something new. Um, didn't really set out to run for a championship. It kind of just fell into our laps. Uh, we had a few rainouts. We really didn't run good at, at times this year. We struggled on slicks uh, with handling. Had some uh, part failures and stuff at the beginning of the season. So got some of that worked out. Never really got where I wanted to be, but uh, we did end up winning our, our third track championship. Todd, you've been hot over the last few years. Obviously, you know, unfortunately, we have to take 2020 out of the equation. But if you, when you do that, three track championships, and, we, and we've had Buddy Head on the show and said, you know, asked him, 
you know, what is your main focus when you go to the racetrack? He says points, points, and points, period. Um, three track championships, you kind of have to make the effort to do that, don't you? Uh, yes, it's been kind of, it's been an up and down year with our uh, late models, outlaw late models. We haven't got the car, this year it was pretty bad with car counts, a lot of places. I think a, a lot of different scenarios, a lot of tracks run up against each other on the same weeks. Um, I think some of it was pay related and just guys, I don't know. There's a lot of different things I think that have happened to lower the car counts. We've been talking quite a few years about the outlaw super late models. And we're going to, you know, we're going to talk to Steve needles here coming up, coming up shortly on the show. And he's, he's never shy about his, his opinion. Um, it, we know there's a bunch of outlaw super late model cars and teams out there. Um, and, a lot of them are very, very competitive and can win night in, night out. What is the solution um, to make sure that we can have enough quality shows throughout the state of Michigan? Man, that's a tough one. I mean, there's that's the that's the big one. I think everybody's got their own opinion. Um, I think the biggest thing, try to get everybody on the same page. You know, you know, the tracks get together and say, I'm gonna run mine in August, I'm going to run mine in July. You don't get on the same page. The pay, they got to pay, you know, pay a little bit better, get guys that'll travel, I say, but it's hard to travel with all the, like for me, I got the family, a business, you know, there's a lot of different things. There's a lot that goes into having one of these cars, the time to get everything ready to go week in, week out. So, I mean, there's, there's that too, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if there's, there's a lot of scenarios, I think that play the part of the low car counts. Well, Todd, you mentioned uh, that this season you guys, you know, didn't, didn't get quite the start or the results that you guys were looking for. Um, and uh, just kind of looking through some things here, getting ready for, uh, you know, tonight's show, uh, you know, this, this wasn't necessarily a, you know, a knockout season for you, but you guys were really consistent, uh, you know, good enough that you, you came into the final weekend with, uh, you know, a little bit of padding, but that final point statistic was a close points race uh, between you and, and Rick Seneker and, uh, you know, th- just the consistency in your guys' team. I mean, are you proud of that at all, or, or do you still look at this season and go, man, we'd have liked to have been in victory lane a little bit more? Yeah, I definitely would have liked to be in victory lane a little bit more. Um, I feel we didn't, we definitely didn't, we had a consistent, but just didn't get the finishes that I wanted to. What was, what was, do you, I mean, do you look at this and pinpoint something, you know, that you say, okay, we're going to fix for 2023 or is it just kind of the way the cards fell? I think a lot of it's just the way the cards felt. There wasn't nothing that really jumped out. Like I say, the beginning of the year, we had some odor overheating issues, um, little things that, that caused us, you know, some, some DNFs are not finished the way where we wanted to. Todd, and I think one of part of it a little bit, um, and I've been to Kalamazoo many times. Um, when you unload, it there is never a night off in the outlaw. I don't care if you have ten cars or or twenty five cars. There's a no, never a night off in that outlaw super late model division at Kalamazoo Speedway. Um, if you're going to win, you have to be on your best every single night because somebody there, any most of the cars there can win. Yeah, that's true. Still holds true today. Um, like I say, I mean, I grew up 
going there since I was a little kid, you know, watched a lot of great guys through the years run there. And I always, you know, wanted to be like them guys. You know, I watched a lot of like Mike Van Sparentak, Tommy Martin, Chris Orr. Uh, I mean, there's, I could go on Andy Bozell. You know, there's been a ton of guys through the years that I watched race and did very well and, and always wanted to be like a lot of them guys. Talk to me about, you said this is your third, uh, you know, track championship. Uh, talk to me about this one. I mean, you know, just, just kind of talking to you, you know, you obviously you said you wanted to be in victory lane a little bit more. It, it almost sounds to you like it's a little bit bittersweet of a championship win for you. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, we just didn't get the finishes that I thought we were capable of. It was just a lot of like little gremlins that held us back Yeah, from, from getting a win or, I mean, we always qualified good and we'd start the feature really well and just, we just would lose the handling 15 laps in or so. And that was getting really frustrating. Well, looking down here, you know, uh, two top five finishes and, you know, three top ten finishes across the season at Kalamazoo Speedway. Uh, just two finishes outside of the top ten to start the season. And then once in July, which you, you still brought it home in 13th position. So respectable finishes for you. Now, when we look at the Kalamazoo Speedway, as Rich said, you know, that's that's a racetrack. That's a division that is highly competitive all the time. That's a racetrack that's highly competitive all the time. And can be tough to get a handle on. Talk to me about why Kalamazoo Speedway, I mean, obviously living on Otsego, probably one of the answers is because it's convenient, but why, why did Kalamazoo Speedway become the home for you with Outlaws? Um, a lot of it is because it's, it's right down the street. It's just a few minutes away from home. So that's a lot of it. I've always really liked racing there, um, but I say mainly the main thing is it, it is so close. I can race it on Fridays can be tough but i'm only you know five ten minutes away so i can leave work my dad and john branham and them they get the car there and then i just kind of meet them there you know close to race time todd when you when you're able to i don't i don't know how much you've done of this i imagine a little bit um when you like to when you get away from home at kalamazoo um where are the places that you kind of target where you think your team runs well well, this year, the only other place we went was Plymouth, and we kind of, we struggled there. We didn't finish. I think, I think everybody went, decided to go there that one weekend. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was encouraging. I thought that was nice to see because they had really good car counts, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, we can save this, this class, and uh, I mean, they're the only ones that are getting that size of, of car counts, so but I don't know. It's going to be a tough – we'll see what 23 brings. But uh, there's definitely something has to get done. Well, you guys – you guys, so you guys just finished up your season championship at Kalamazoo. Um, are you guys done, or do you have a, a couple postseason events on your schedule? Uh, we're going to try to hit uh, Plymouth this weekend, and then that should uh, – that'll wrap up our season. Yeah, and I guess to kind of piggyback on that, you know, they're, they're really – I mean – <laughs> they're putting a lot into this for this coming weekend. They've really tried to build the uh, anticipation for this. And as Rich said, you know, with the early in the season event when everybody was down there and, and kind of really got things fired up, do you anticipate that being the case again this coming weekend now that, you know, kind of season championships are wrapped up? That should be a big event, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, that's one of our biggest payouts that I've seen in a long time, especially paying through, you know, back instead of just you say 20 grand to win and then 
you know, the payoff through the whole of the series has been very nice. And I think that's why they have got the car counts that they have got. Now, that racetrack's a little bit different than what you're used to. You know, Kalamazoo's got a little bit of banking to it and, you know, is kind of a racetrack where you're turning all the time. You actually get a moment to straighten the steering wheel out at Plymouth Speedway. Not a long moment, just a short moment. And kind of a little bit flatter of a racetrack. At least it looks like it to me. What is your perspective from the driver's seat? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely got, you know, longer straightaways where you're not always turning tight corners. Um, makes for some uh, rough racing at times not a lot of give and take there because of uh, there's not a lot of passing so i mean guys kind of hug the bottom and some are starting to move up towards the top but it can be uh it can be kind of be really tough to pass there for the most part todd let's go back and just touch on this championship a little bit your third one what is the deal at kalamazoo speedway it seems like when guys go on a roll they win championships in groups um obviously andy bozell enough said there but Buddy Head, he went on like six or seven in a row. Um, you know, Nick got him this year, I think. Uh, why does it happen that way out there? And and, and why is it, um, you know, you don't have a whole lot of different winners in a row, really. Um, it, it's usually the same guy for periods of time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, back in the days when Andy was winning them, I mean, he was about as unbeatable as you can be. And, you know, and winning them year after year. And, uh, you know, he, he's tough everywhere he runs. Um, I, I don't know. I think I have a lot of mine. Luck has played a lot for me. Um, we run better in years, the other years that we won it. But this year, I think I just kind of, a lot of it was got kind of lucky and just right place at the right time kind of thing. So tell me, I mean, we, there, there's probably people, we have a lot of people, uh, that listen to this program that follow pavement racing. Um, Man, three championships, nothing to shake a stick at. That that is pretty tough. Uh, now is your chance to kind of tell everybody who helps you get there uh, every single week. Uh, well, definitely my. I couldn't do it without you know my uh, mom and dad. You know, they've been uh, they've supported this for a long time. Uh, the crew guys, you know John Branham, he helps us every week. He's been helping us for a long time. Steve Odekirk, uh, Steve, we call him Smitty. He's helps us. He does a lot of work on the car. Mainly sponsors is Harrington's Auto Service, Only Engines, uh, BC Pizza, the Navy, Sweetwater's Donut Mill, Metzger's Heating and Cooling, ASA and Plainwell, Sealy Auto Group, Consumers Concrete, PNC Auto Body, Main Street Pub, uh, Steve Wright's TNT Promotions, and uh, Rocket Fabrication. You know, Todd, one of the other things that I was going to ask you about is, uh, you know, it looks like you got three little ones there under your wing as well. Is that right? Yes, I do. Talk to me about that, about the balance. I always love to hear this part of things, uh, you know, the, that family balance and that racing balance, because we all know that uh, having a successful race team is having another full time and a half job. So uh, what's that balance been like for you? Yeah, that's that's the other thing. That's what's getting tough, you know, as my kids get older is trying to find that balance because I do have, I have two girls and a boy, you know, Emma, she's 13. Leah, my middle daughter is 10. And then Cole, my boy will be five here in a couple of weeks. So yeah, trying to juggle between work, family, and then time to uh, work on the race car. I, like I said, I could not do it without my dad. My dad spends 
countless hours to make sure that car is ready to go every week. Him and John do. So without them guys, I, I wouldn't be racing because I just cannot, I just don't have the time to spend on the car like I used to. So how long is it until we see uh, a little Harrington behind the wheel of a mini wedge or something like that? Or is it already happening? Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> I don't, my wife, is definitely dead set against that. So <laughs> I don't know if that'll happen. It I, sounds I, like dad is not dead set against it, uh, but you know, maybe while dad's got a race car, it's not his turn to play poker with the wife to get the kids in the car. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think that's it. I definitely, we went and watched uh mini wedges Sunday and uh, I just, I, there's just no way right now. There's no way I can juggle that too, but I'm not saying never, but, I just don't. My wife is pretty dead set against. Do the kids? Do they show interest in it? Yeah, I mean they go. They go pretty much every time I race, unless we travel, you know, and they got something with school. But they go pretty much every week. You know, my whole family pretty much goes all the time. But if you had to come up with the answer for your, you said five-year-old son, he has to. Dad, when do I get to race? He's had to come up with that already he's yes and no. I mean, he's kind of brought up, he was really, he really liked the mini wedges. And when we were kind of talking on the way home, you know, and he was, he keeps telling like my dad and some other people that he wants to race. He really hasn't voiced that to me. So, because I think a, I think he knows his mom is pretty dead set against it, but he really hasn't brought it up yet. So I'm kind of I don't I don't I don't care what route you have to take to get what you want. You might have to go in the back door to get to yeah. the parents, but well, it doesn't yeah. matter if it works good for him. Then he's all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, if he went to went to my dad, you know, I'm sure my dad would have one and, uh, ready. And tomorrow. that's what I was just gonna say, Todd. Is if if that little boy, what's his name again? His name's Cole. Cole, my man. Listen, listen to Zach for just a second. Cole, <laughs> talk to Grandpa. Get a little water in the eyes. And tell him, Dad's got a wedge car. I want a wedge car. We want identical wedge cars. And then tell Grandpa, I'll handle Mom. Just make it happen. Okay? All right. There you go. Todd, we look forward to seeing two thirty ones on the racetrack next year. All right. We'll see what we can do on that. Man, it was a pleasure to get to learn about you a little bit, man, and, and about this championship run. I know Rich already had you thank your sponsors and everybody. So, you know, congratulations. Uh, and really, as you said, your season's just about ready to wind down this coming weekend at Plymouth, right? Yep, yep. It pretty much is done. It Summer went by unbelievably fast wow. this year. Cool, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for making time for us, and uh, good luck this coming weekend at Plymouth. Congratulations again. The 2022 Kalamazoo Speedway Outlaw Super Late Model Champion, Todd Harrington. My friend, thank you for joining us on Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Now, Rich, coming up this Friday night, September 2nd, they'll crown champions again at Kalamazoo Speedway. Uh, they'll crown champions for the street stocks. The uh, template, what do you want to call them, late models, sportsmen, whatever you call them, Chris Phoebe. And then, of course, their two divisions of front-wheel drive four-cylinders. They'll be crowned this Friday night as well. Plus, crazy eight-night uh, bonuses ending in eights and, and all sorts of fun stuff. So, gates open at 3.30, racing at 7.30 at Kalamazoo Speedway. And, Zach, a large crowd was on hand at Berlin Raceway on Saturday for the return of the Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Model Series. And to celebrate Hall of Fame night, the series would honor Berlin Raceway's biggest fan, sports writer George Keene by staging the memorial event in his honor. 
Brian Bergacre would take fast qualifier honors in the afternoon. And then a full field of a full field invert was determined for the 60 lap main event. Bergacre uh, would have issues early after being involved in a lap eight incident when Brian Maxim tagged the wall in the front stretch. On the restart, it was Trevor McCoy showing the way, but Steve Needles was on the move. Following a lap 38 caution for an expired engine on the eight machine of Phil Bozell, it was Needles' chance to pounce on McCoy. Needles would work under McCoy following the restart and drive away to his third series win of 2022. McCoy would bring his machine home second with a great run with Scott Thomas completing the podium. So, Zach, a big show at the Berlin Raceway this weekend and on the phone lines now. The gentleman who once again found himself in victory lane here in 2022 makes his home in St. Joseph, Michigan. Steve Needles, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me as always. Man, we talked about last time, you know, we might not be able to race as much this year because of the business we got going, um, but it doesn't seem to be hurting. You're still putting that 14 car, 14 car in victory lane. Man, it's got to feel good. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a whirlwind of a summer. I'll tell you, it's been busy. Um, you know, I felt like the last six weeks or so, our program kind of struggled a little bit because we didn't have, we didn't put near as much time into our own stuff as we were uh, customer projects, you know, so, which, which is a good thing, good problem to have. Um, but, you know, here the last uh, week or so, we got to spend a little more time on ours and, and kind of go back to the drawing board on some things we were, we were experimenting with. And um, we ran Friday night at Kalamazoo and ran a pretty strong second. Uh, felt like we were kind of heading in the right direction and then built upon that Saturday some more at Berlin and wound up with a win. So, um, yeah, it's been a crazy summer, um, just wide open, busy and, uh, you know, which is great for the business, but you know, racing has been busy too. So it's been good. Does that, does that kind of make you wonder when you're not able to race as much as you're used to racing? Um, you know, in the past, it was never an issue, any big race, you would be there. Um, when you have to really sit on the sidelines, um, does it, does it make it tougher when you guys go to these events that are kind of spaced out? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the more you race, the better you get, right. You know, anytime, just like, just like polishing, you know, something, you, you know, the, the harder you work on it, the more time you spend on it, the shinier it's going to get. Right. So, um, kind of in the same situation with us, we just haven't been putting the elbow grease in to, to get it done just because we've been busy doing other things. So, um, it makes it difficult. It definitely makes it difficult. The more you race, the better you get for sure. Talk about Berlin raceway. Uh, obviously that's why we bring you on reveal the hammer there on Saturday. This racetrack is is not when, – when I think of Outlaw Super Late Models, Rich, I'm not thinking Berlin Raceway off the top of my head. Not exactly one that hosts Outlaws a lot. There in in the spring, you uh, bring it home in 10th. What was different about this go-around? Good notebook, good setup, good uh, starting spot? What made the difference for you? Well, back in the spring was a, was a really good learning experience for us because we had some – uh, some issues. We, we had a tire issue um, that, that took us out of the race early. Um, that was somewhat self-inflicted. I mean, there were some changes that were made throughout the offseason that we weren't aware of. Um, and, you know, we didn't adjust accordingly. Um, so we, uh, you know, we took ourselves out of a race there just, just you know, from pure ignorance, I guess. So um, we learned from that. We changed uh of our program after that particular race and then had some success you know afterwards um so yeah that was a that was a pretty good, good learning experience there at berlin in the spring um a place that we're typically usually pretty good at um to to have that happen and kind of by surprise um so 
you know, one of those things where sometimes you you live and learn the hard way, right? So yeah. that was uh, that was kind of our experience. So we we built upon that and and made some changes for the rest of the season, and, and things seem to be going significantly better. Qualifying second behind Brian Bergaker, uh, you know, missed him by uh, just under a tenth of a second. Uh, small field though, yep. and and you know, Rich brought this up with with Todd, uh, and we'll bring it up with you. You know. That was, and we even saw it on social media. Somebody said, you know, it's a shame yep. that we're trying to take 32 outlaw late models and split them three different ways on a Saturday. Um, you know, I guess just to say exactly what Rich said to Todd, you know, and we've asked you this, I think, two or three times. What the heck, yep. man? What do we got to do? <laughs> you know, this well, class you know, a, this class is so yeah, unique and it's know. so cool. And, you know, it's so much fun to watch for pavement fans. And these race cars are so unique. We just keep asking yep. ourselves, what is the answer? Yeah, you know, that's a tough question to answer. I mean, there's some tough questions that need to be asked, I guess. Um, you know, the one of the biggest things I always hear is it's so expensive to run these cars, which I, I agree with, but it's expensive to run every race car. Yeah. You know, um, there's no such thing as a cheap race car. I don't, I don't care what level it's at. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing that I saw this weekend um, – was every track this, this weekend in particular was every track that runs outlaws race this weekend. So, you know, Friday night you had three or four tracks running Saturday. You had another three or four tracks running outlaw cars and it split them up everywhere. I think I read somewhere that there were 60 some outlaw cars that raced throughout Michigan and Indiana. Um, this weekend, unfortunately it was spread out between about six different racetracks. So, you know, it's a tough draw. It's a tough draw. And then we had a couple of guys that were on vacations, family vacations. And, you know, so that pulls away from it as well. And then, you know, we had uh, a couple of guys that were racing um, other places, other other classes, other places. So, you know, it was a tough, it was going to be a tough draw no matter what this particular weekend. But, you know, the big thing for the class in general, I suppose, is we need to get to a point where you can, you can pay your, your, your weekend by, by, getting to the races and making the field you know what i mean like it's really hard to go to a race if you're uh if you're a car that's say a seventh to 15th place car it's really hard to go to the race and know that you're going to have to swallow a pretty big bill in the end every every week unless you know something happens and you wind up you know finishing a little bit higher than what you might expect you know no everybody goes to the races you know wanting to win but you know, not everybody necessarily goes to the, to the races expecting to win. Um, but you got to make it more affordable for the guys who are at the back half of the field or just make it so that maybe not so much more affordable from the purchasing side, but make it so that that doesn't hurt their pocketbook so bad at the end of the night by putting a little more money back in their pocket. So, um, you know, we hear it from all angles. You know, everybody's got an excuse, you know, that's not racing. But, um, you know, I think there's multiple factors there. And, and then I think, too, it, it kind of – <laughs> you know, just hearing you talk about this, man, it kind of puts you as the race car driver and, you know, Steve, obviously with your profession, even more so. Uh, but it puts you in a tough spot when somebody says, well, mm -hmm. why'd you go to reveal the hammers race instead of going to, you know, uh, Birch Run's race? Or why'd you go to reveal the yeah. hammer instead of going up and, you know, hel helping Owasso? Or, or, you know, why, why yeah. didn't you go to Kalamazoo? You know, it puts you in a weird yeah. spot when you're a part of that let's call them a minority of only 60 cars trying to run the tri-state yep. area. It's not really fair for you either. No, it's, it, you know, that my answer to that is you can only race the people that show up, you know, um, you can't control who shows up. You don't know who's going to show up ahead of time. You kind of have an idea sometimes, but 
you can only race the guys that show up. You can't yeah. race anybody that's not there. So, you know, all we can continue to do is show up to these races that, that pay well and um, try to put on the best show we can for the fans. And if, you know, other guys show up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. But at the end of the day, you can only, all you can do is control what you do, you know? So that's all we can do. Let's go back to Berlin on Saturday. It wasn't like you didn't have any competition when you rolled through that gate. Uh, obviously, Brian was very fast. Uh, uh, Phil showed up. But early yep. in that race, Brian got into trouble. And, and you guys, are they, they pulled the old Kalamazoo. Yeah, we're going to make this a big invert. Um, but it, yep. with, with a small field, that probably didn't hurt you over 60 laps. Kind of take me through the first laps when you see Brian got caught up in the deal. Uh, you, know, you know, when Maxim got in the wall. Kind of walk me through that and yep. where your mind went through that race. Well, I had kind of made up my mind before the race started that I wanted to get to the front fairly quick. Um, I didn't want to hang around out back knowing um, kind of the situation and knowing how Berlin, the characteristics of Berlin and how difficult it can be to pass there in dirty air. So I made the decision, conscious decision myself to make a run early to try to get through it and get ahead of those guys and make them try to pass me later if it came down to it. Um, so, so I was, I missed the, the crash. I was actually passing Brian Maxim at the time that he got together with another car and wound up in the wall. So I, I they bumped me when I was on my way by, I don't know exactly what happened. I didn't see what happened, but I had made a conscious decision early in the race that I wasn't going to stick around to find out what was going to go on back there. So, uh, I got lucky. I got lucky. I mean, it was the right call so many times. That's the wrong strategy to take. Um, but in this particular case, I got, I got lucky. I got lucky. Bottom line. Think about that. Uh, Trevor McCoy, right? Normally this isn't yep. a guy that this is not a guy that normally you would think you're going to have to race for the win. What a performance by that young man. And, yeah. and he's been, and he races everywhere, but you had to get up on the wheel on that last restart and you yeah. had to kind of you had to kind of make something happen because he led for quite a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. He got out front. I mean, he took off right at the beginning. He started right in front of me. He took off and um yeah, he made his way right through there. I mean, it was impressive. And then uh when we got up to he got lead to the lead. He pulled out a pretty big lead. You know, I was running the pace I wanted to run, actually pushing the pace I really wanted to run more than I wanted to just to kind of keep him in sight. He was setting a heck of a pace. And I was really hoping that he just couldn't keep up that pace, but he kept it up way longer than I thought he was going to be able to. Um, you know, just before that caution, we, we kind of started to reel him in a little bit. Um, so I was fairly confident that we would be able to get to him. I don't know that we'd have been able to pass him, but I know that we would have been able to get to him. But um, he put on a heck of a race, man. I mean, hats off to Trevor and his team because, like you said, they've made some major improvements to their program and gotten much, much better. And um, that's great. I mean, we, that's what we need. We need more guys, uh, you know, to, to be there to, to push the competition level. So uh, hats off to them. You get the caution flag you need with 22 to go. Phil blows up. Um, it, was that your go time on that restart? Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, I was hammered down. I mean, I had to, I had to get the clean air. I didn't want to be hanging around behind, behind other guys and, and, you know, floating around back there in clean air. Like I said, Berlin, for whatever reason, uh, part of the reason is because you're going pretty fast there. The other reason is because you're turning all the time and your, your car needs the air. Um, but you get back in that dirty air and like you, a lot of times you can get to a car, but you can't pass them because of that. So I didn't want to have to find out 
if we were able to do it or not. So it was, it was definitely go time. And then we kind of figured it out after that, but you know, my car relit really well on the restart. Um, so that was good. And then, uh, it maintained for the last 22 laps, uh, pretty good pace. So I was pretty happy with that. You know, I kind of want to piggyback off of something that Rich said about, you know, Trevor McCoy, you look through this field and I don't think there are names that scream, you're going to have to beat this guy aside from Steve Needles, but, you know, you're looking at Mike Root, Brock Gannis is, is obviously yeah. making a name for himself, Phil Bozell, uh, Austin Maynard is really good on pavement, trying to wet his feet in this yep. division. How about this outlaw late model division, though? You know, aside from the guys who are running chassis that were built in 1992, you really kind of got to keep an eye on everybody, don't you? Yeah, it's gotten, the competition has gotten really tight. Um, you know, the, the margin for error is razor thin right now. Um you know, as you can see, like Phil Bozell has won almost every big race there's been this summer. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Um, and then there's been some other guys, too. Mark Shook has really stepped up his game this year, too. Uh, we ran second to him Friday night at Kalamazoo. And, like, you had Todd Harrington on earlier. Harrington's run really well. Um, you know, there's been several guys that have really stepped their program up. And it's uh, the, the margin for error is, is very, very thin. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's great, really. And, Steve, and then, you know, the funniest thing, and I teased him about this uh, before, all 12-time, right when you think he's done, right? Um, man, he he just doesn't ever go away. It, it, I wonder if he's, like, having a second coming because he's just getting better and better. Yeah, Andy's like the uh, Energizer Bunny, man. He just keeps on going. He just uh, he keeps bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And that's one guy I don't, I don't care. I don't care what the situation is. You can't ever count him out because he's – super super competitive and he's going to give it all he's got every single time and he's uh he's still got it he's still got it and he's uh and he's a master now uh i was going to ask you you know obviously you pick up the win driving your number 14 but you also shared on your facebook page uh congratulating one of your fellow competitors and and uh, you know you talked about how busy the business was this year for uh some guy that rich probably knows a little bit Eric Lee sharing about him, you know, six wins, sixth track championship for that number five car. Uh, just talk to me yep. about your relationship with Eric. Yeah. So Eric and Steve um, came to me in the off season and, and wanted a little bit of uh, work done just to kind of look some things over and um, check out kind of what they had going on. And, and maybe if I saw some things that, you know, I wanted to put my flair on, um, they, they let me do that. So, um, we worked with them throughout the whole summer. Um, you know, he, he did a lot himself. Um, but, uh, you know, Eric's a heck of a race car driver and they've got a pretty nice, pretty good program over there. So, um, was able to fortunate enough for them to bring me some work and, and able to, to help them out. And, and I don't want to say get them pointed in the right direction because they were already pointed in the right direction, but, uh, you know, just kind of fine tune a few things for them and, and get them, you know, really, really going well. And, um, you know, it was a little rocky, I guess, at the beginning of the season. I mean, they, they won some features, but they also uh, wanted to improve, and, and we, I feel like we continued to improve all year, and, and you know, Eric makes it look easy because he's so stinking good. But, um, <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, they did a heck of a job. I was just fortunate to be able to, to work with them a little bit. Well, and I was going to ask you, when a proven winner like Eric Lee comes to you and says, yeah, we can win races, but we want to be quicker – and we're coming to Needle Speed Solution to do that. How does that fare for you? What does that, I mean, 
I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm asking you to kind of boast a little bit because that has to make you feel good yeah. when, when a proven, at the time, five-time champion comes to you and says, yeah, we're quick, but I know that you can make us quicker. Yeah, yeah, well, it is. A, I mean, it's a huge confidence boost for me, but, I mean, no pressure, right? guy yeah. like that comes to you and says, hey, we want to get better. You because guess what? If he, doesn't, get better. if he doesn't win, guess whose fault it is? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You better darn well be sure they're going to be better. So, um yeah, the pressure's on, but at the same time, I mean, it's a it's a huge, um, what do I want to say, the accomplishment, a, a huge boost to my confidence to be able to have the trust, have their trust in me to help them out. So, and then I guess uh, no, it was awesome. It was great. And then I guess the last thing is is now you're kind of in a different mode, right? You're not really a car owner, you're not really a crew chief, but you've had hands in that car, and so what's the yeah. feeling for you to see a, a car that you've had hands on? Uh, win a championship, win races, and, 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 you know, again, ultimately win that championship. What's that feeling like? Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it's a great feeling. I mean, it's it's validation for, for everything you've worked for for so long that, you know, the things you're doing are, are working not just for yourself but for other people. Um, so it's validation, but it's just, uh, you know, just really proud of them and, and proud of what we've put together over here. And, um, you know, we're going to keep working at it. This is a, a sport that constantly evolves. You know, if as soon as you sit in one spot for too long, you know, you're going to get passed. So, um, yeah, no, it's just uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I'm just really happy for those guys. And, Steve, it's no secret. You've been over to Flat Rock. You, you love it there. You've won some big races there. There's only one guy, one guy he hasn't beaten this year. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> now, fill everybody in for those listening who don't know the stats. Come on. Oh, but- Brian Bergacre owns the big races at Flat Rock for like the yep. last three years. He's he's just sweeping it. And, and I think yep. a lot of that is you guys chose not to go this year, which would have made it a lot harder on Brian, I think. But but, uh, yep. but that's what that's what Eric's looking at. That's I guess that's my whole point. You know, Eric yep. can beat, beat the guys and is pretty strong. It, it's not a talent issue. Um, there's some guys that he he races on a weekly basis that are pretty good. Um, yep. but, then, but then twice a year when, when Brian comes over there, you have to be on a whole different level. That is true. That is true. And Brian's good everywhere he goes. You know, he's um, feather in his cap, man. He's he's tough. He's tough, and he puts a lot of time in and and works hard on his in his equipment. And he's he's smart. You know, being a engineer by trade, he's he's a smart guy, and he he understands certain concepts and things. And um, you know, that's tough to beat. It's definitely tough to beat. But we're gonna keep plugging away, and we're gonna hopefully at some point we're gonna we're going to, you know, be able to put one in victory lane there when he's, when he's there too. So um, it's a challenge. That's a challenge we look forward to every, every time we, we send a car to the racetrack. Well, so. you figured out how to do it, Steve. All you got to do is wait for him to get caught up in somebody else's mess and then you can beat Ryan Bergacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We're not that lucky very often, but uh, you know, it does happen unfortunately, but we've been on the receiving end of that too. So I don't wish that upon anybody. Steve, we're winding down. We're all we're crowning season championships. Like you said, man, this season has just flown by. Um, now it's money time. Usually, this is the money time of the year where yeah. they put up the big money races. Um, what do you got on your schedule to wrap up twenty twenty two? Yeah, we got a few left. So we're headed to Plymouth uh, this week for the fourth leg of the Grand Slam, which is a twenty thousand to win show. Um, so we're going to hit that one, and then we go to the final reveal the hammer race uh, next weekend, the tenth. Uh, at Birch Run, we're going to go to that one, and then we're going to hit uh, the Glass City at Toledo to, to wrap things up. So 
yeah, we got a busy three weeks ahead of us and some big races, big shows, and we're really looking forward to it. Steve, man, it was uh, really cool to see your name uh, associated with Victory Lane again just because, as you said, you've been so busy with, uh, you know, the speed yeah. solution side of things. And then, you know, it's just hard to get out and race, uh, you know, sometimes. And uh, yeah. it, it was really cool to see you go back to Victory Lane. Obviously, the speed solutions is a big part of it. But who else is on that 14 car for you? Yeah, so uh, Brian Short, my car owner, um, you know, I, obviously we couldn't do it without his support. So um, that's a big deal. Um, you know, Hutter Racing Engines and um, Quick Car Racing Products, All-Star Performance, Bicknell, um, PFC Brakes helps us a little bit. Um, Ernest Performance, um, you know, Lane Automotive. So we've got we've got quite a bit of help there that makes it all all happen. So we're we're very thankful and fortunate for all of the people we have there. Steve, before we let you go, just tell me. I I know you're more than just about sitting behind a race car and driving it fast. I mean, these events and and what they're all about mean something to you. And I thought this George Keane Memorial deal at Berlin was top notch, and and that that had to make you feel yeah. pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. I mean, George, I don't know how well you knew George, but George was a, a great guy. And, you know, every time I raced at Berlin, he was always in the trailer there, you know, doing an interview or just shooting the crap and just hanging out. And, you know, George was a, just a great guy who, who loved outlaw racing and loved racing in general and especially Berlin Raceway. So uh, to be able to win that race was a pretty big deal, um, pretty, pretty important. So, yeah, we, we miss George and, and everything that he brought to the sport. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool. All right. Well, Steve, uh, and by the way, we echo those sentiments. We had a chance to work with George uh, a couple of different times at Berlin, and what a great ambassador for the sport and uh, a really great guy yeah. that he was. So, Steve, man, congratulations on, on getting that win there at that memorial race and uh, looking forward to seeing if you can park it a couple of more times, handful of events left yeah. to go here in 2022. So good luck. Yeah, we're going to give it our best shot, that's for sure. So we appreciate it. All right, Rich, let's take a look at some action from over the weekend. And uh, somebody was on vacation, so uh, you normally put this part of the show together for us. You had some work to do this weekend because you were preoccupied while everybody else was out there winning races. Yeah, I didn't see a race, but I had to, you know, on the show, sometimes you got to do a tad bit of research, let's say. <laughs> okay. So so that's what I did this, this afternoon and this evening uh, before the program. Champions were crowned at the Flat Rock Speedway, so their champions are all wrapped up. Eric Lee. Uh, as we talked about with Steve Needles, picked up his sixth Outlaw Super Late Model Championship and his sixth win of 2022. Just a dominating season for Eric Lee. Uh, Billy Early picked up his sixth figure eight title and multi-time figure eight champion Jeremy Vanderhoof would pick up his first ever street stock title on Saturday. Mayhem Mike Miller would take the title in the street stock B-Main. And then other races across the Greater Midwest over the weekend. Winston Speedway. Eric Spangler puts another one in the W column. Troy Marciniak found victory lane in the pro late model side of things. Rusty Schlank grabbed the UMP late model win at Tri-City Speedway, Illinois. And Mark Shook, as we mentioned, outlaw super late model winner at Kalamazoo Speedway. And how about Jeff Gannis? Sunday afternoon racing at Galesburg. He picked up the $5,000 plus payday in the Smitty 100 Memorial Race. And Justin Clardy picked up the northsidedoing.net outside Outlaw Super Late Model Championship at Corrigan Oil Speedway on Friday. Andy Bozell grabbed the championship feature win. And, uh, man, a guy that's been rolling all year, Zach, I don't know if we've given him enough props. we got to get him on the show. Uh, Colin Thurlby 
swept the IMCA Modified Action Friday at Tri-City, Saturday at Merritt, wins number 17 and 18 on the season for Colin. All right, Rich, uh, shall we take a look at the upcoming calendar as uh, tonight's show kind of breezes on through a little bit. You're going to have these every once in a while. We've had a couple of shows that were just jam-packed, a couple of great interviews tonight. But, Rich, racing not over. We still have some coming up this weekend. Yeah, like you said, uh, I think the big, one of the big ones, Kalamazoo Speedway for their track championships for the Temple Late Model Street Stocks, Outlaw Front Wheel Drive and Zoo Stocks, gates open at 3.30, racing at 7.30. And, uh, you know, they, they uh, Flat Rock Speedway, we have a little fun night, uh, night of destruction. We're going to roll some school buses. Nice. Uh, little Some non-points racing for street stocks, I think, stuff like that, figure eight. So, it's just a fun night to, at the Flat Rock Speedway. Racing starts on Saturday at 7 p.m. And then, this to me is perhaps one of the biggest weekends. If you like racing in general, make yourself a sprint car fan this weekend, Rich, because do we have a dandy shaping up for you? Friday and Saturday night, the Great Lakes Super Sprints are back in action for the final time this season, and 34 points separate the championship points battle between Mad Max Stambaugh and Dustin Daggett. Daggett looking for his second championship since 2017. Max Stambaugh, or excuse me, since 2018. Max Stambaugh looking for his first career championship with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And, uh, man, what a battle it's been. Stambaugh's been on fire over the last couple of weeks. He's won three out of the last four, Rich. And uh, Daggett hasn't been to victory lane since June, I believe, with the Great Lakes Super Sprint. So this is a good one. 34 points. Hartford Speedway, the place to be on Friday night with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And then the wild card event to finish out the 2022 season, Attica Raceway Park, a track that the Great Lakes Super Sprints does not frequent. All of these drivers have been down there before in some capacity. But, Rich, I think Max Stambaugh may have an edge because he started the season down there at Attica, wrecked that race car, and still was able to come back and put on a good show. So um, I don't know. I don't know who you put money on, but this is going to be a fun weekend. And I've, I've spent a little bit of time with these guys, but you spend a lot of time with these guys over the summer. Is this Max's championship to lose? I think that uh, I think it is. Uh, I think it might be. Uh, you know, Dustin runs good at Hartford, but Max – has run a little better, uh, you know, to be quite frank. And uh, Max is on a roll right now. That Smith Motorsports team, Max Stambaugh, they finally found their groove. They're, they were tired of not winning, and they found it. They're not going to let off the throttle, no pun intended. And, uh, you know, for Daggett, though, you know, he he is a veteran of the sport. Um, for me, it's Attica. I have no idea what Dustin looks like at Attica, and and that's just the, the big wild card for me. I know what Stambaugh looks like at Attica. So uh, what what will Daggett bring to the table? I don't know. I think that my opinion is I think Max is going to put his all he's going to be all in on Friday at Hartford and hopefully he goes to Attica with an increased points lead and that will take a lot of pressure off that race team and Max himself. I think that uh, it's going to be I, I, I don't I don't think we settle this points battle on Friday night. Uh, is my opinion. I don't think it's going to happen. I think those two drivers are going to qualify near each other. They're probably going to be in the same damn heat race, and uh, they're probably going to start side-by-side side in the feature. It's just my guess as how this is going to play out, and I don't think it's over. Uh, I really don't. I, you know, If Dustin Daggett goes to victory lane, man, Saturday becomes a really big deal for the Great Lakes Super Sprint. So um, 
I have no idea, Rich. I'm I'm just blessed and excited to get a chance to hold a microphone for these last two races. And uh, thank God Anthony Boyd is going to be standing to my left because this is going to be a lot of math <laughs> to try to keep up with uh, over this weekend. So we'll do the best yeah, we can. And, and like they say, you know, it's not over until the math says it's over. That's right. You know, and obviously that's not going to occur till at some point. On Saturday. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and it's not over until everybody's cleared post-race technical inspection either. So, uh, you know, let's just everybody hold their oh. breath. Oh, I mean for the ones that go to it. That's right. That's right. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And also, by the way, forgot to mention earlier in the show, caps off to Mike Galagia. He went to victory lane on Saturday at Silver Bullet Speedway with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. So I want to give mad props to him as well. So I think that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. I want to thank Rich France for uh, jumping off the bird in time to come and be with us tonight. Uh, glad to have you back, my friend. And uh, looking forward to continuing Horsepower Happenings. I am spent. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you go so you can go to bed, my friend. On behalf of Rich France, Scott Mendler, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in. We'll see you same time, same place next week, Labor Day edition of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.